Oh, g'day. Just before we dive into this week's podcast, one more time. Remember, this podcast is brought to you by Ryan Forever with their massive Christmas deal at the moment where you look like the good bugger because you're caring about your mate's riding abilities and want to keep them safe on the road. Right now, Ride Forever courses are just $20. All you need to do is go to rideforever.co.nz slash Christmas, grab yourself that voucher, give that to somebody as a gift. They can get any Ride Forever course and uh, you're basically gifting them eight hours or more out on their bike. What more could you want over summer? Give somebody a Ride Forever course for Christmas. It's all it's going to cost you is 20 bucks. Go to rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas. Thanks very much, Ride Forever, for sponsoring this podcast and keeping us free and on the air. Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here and great to have you along. Uh, This episode, Ducati Desert X has been revealed with New Zealand pricing. We'll bring you all the details very shortly as well as Beeline Navigation. Have you heard of it? We'll tell you all about that. And Matthew Day Gillard's been trying out a new camera, the DJI Osmo Action Camera. Is it any good? We'll find out in this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Let's get into it. The Ducati Desert X has been revealed with New Zealand pricing. Ducati's long-awaited Desert X concept is now a fully-fledged production model with the first examples expected in the third quarter of 2022. New Zealand pricing is set at $24,995 for the classic Rally Raid-inspired adventurer. Ducati has given the Desert X some serious credentials when it comes to living up to the Dune Destroyer aesthetic. Rolling stock is a dirt-ready 21-inch front wheel followed by an 18-inch rear wheel. Both are wrapped from the factory in tubeless Pirelli Scorpion Rally STR tyres, but this sizing does enable a wide choice of tyres once the Pirellis are toast. KYB supplies the Desert X with its springers with a 46mm diameter upside-down fork boasting 230mm of travel up front and a monoshock at the rear with 220mm of travel. Both are adjustable in compression, rebound and preload. In addition, the new Desert X has a generous 250mm of ground clearance. This should make obstacles on off-road adventures a piece of cake to overcome. Instead of being a scrambler Ducati in 80s drag, the chassis layout of the new Ducati Desert X includes a new steel trellis frame which has been developed to work in combination with the long travel suspension with dedicated settings to ensure effective operation in the most demanding of off-road conditions. Seat height is noted at 875mm, not extremely tall, but shorter riders might struggle. Off-road, weight is the enemy, and Ducati have revealed the production Desert X has a 202kg dry weight. All fluids, including the standard 21 litres of fuel, wet weight, It's uh, 219 kgs. If you don't mind adding an extra 6 kgs, Ducati will let you have a rear-mounted 8-litre auxiliary tank for the true Dakar racer for a small fee. In terms of the all-important powertrain, the Desert X makes use of Ducati's 937cc liquid-cooled Testostretta engine. 
delivering 111 horsepower at 9,250 RPM and maximum torque of 92 newton meters at 6,500 RPM. Tech-wise, the Desert X is anything but old school with a 5-inch TFT display, keeping the rider informed while also keeping the cockpit looking tidy. Included in the wide range of tech are six riding modes working in a combination of four power modes, full, high, medium, low, that modify the power and responsiveness of the Tesla Strider engine. The main features are specific settings for enduro riding mode and the introduction of a new rally riding mode in addition, in addition to sport, touring, urban and wet. For more photos, specs and a whole lot more information, check it out at motonz.com or onthrottle.co.nz. It's quite striking. There's elements of Tenere 700. It's got headlights that look a bit Norden or old school Africa Twin. It's a stunning looking bike. Love to hear your thoughts. Get hold of us on social media and join the conversation. Now, on a recent uh, lap of the Upper South Island, we were navigated by Beeline. Have you ever heard of a Beeline before? Well, if you've ever wanted navigation on your bike but hate using your mobile phone or hate the massive Garmin Zumo tablet-like device cluttering up your bike's dash, maybe this is the device for you. A lot of gear we test is supplied to us free of charge for the purposes of testing. We're not under any pressure to provide a positive review. However, in the case of the Beeline navigation devices, we've got two of them between uh, Todd and I, affectionately known as the Puck, but both actually belong to Todd. He bought one, it didn't arrive, he hit up Beeline, they sent up a second one, then they both ended up arriving. So kindly he lent me one, and we put one each on the Harley-Davidson Pan America and the Suzuki V-Strom 1050XT for the trip around the top of the south during Labor Weekend 2021. Coupled with the Beeline app, they're actually quite a cool little device. You can plan your ride within the app, or you can plan it on a computer, output it as a GPX file and upload it to the app that way. You can save rides for later use uh, and recall them at any time. And when you're ready, just hit the Go Ride button and the Beeline Puck will start giving you turn-by-turn navigation. It's got two modes. One will tell you how far till the next instruction and what to do, and the other will just give you a general compass heading. Battery life is really, really good. Uh, with all-day use, I, was, I used about 10% of the entire battery. The entire trip didn't even use half the battery, and we managed to complete the three-day trip with battery life to spare. Mounting is easy. There are a few different options, but the one that comes with it is a handlebar mount, which is held on with a couple of rubber bands. The app is really user-friendly and well thought out, with the ability to plan a ride and save it for later or ride it now. You can also save commonly navigated places to your favourites, such as work or home or whatever you've got there. Further to this, the app lets you save journeys you have written, giving you a total time navigated, total kilometres travelled and a bunch of other useful stats. The maps are powered by Google, so say what you like about them, but they do a pretty good job of keeping the maps up to date and providing real-time traffic information. The Beeline itself even manages to redirect you if you go off course, which is always handy if you decide to go off exploring a side road or a gravel track. I can imagine this device being incredibly handy for the likes of the GS Rally New Zealand or the Triumph Tiger Adventure Ride, where you have the option of route sheets or a GPX file. Simply upload the GPX file and away you go. Overall, a bloody cool wee device. 
Not something I'd use every day, but handy when you're heading somewhere you haven't been before. For more information, jump on MotoNZ.com, click on the Reviews button, and you'll see a whole bunch of photos uh, and uh, some screenshots from the app there as well. Now, Matt's been testing out a new camera, the DJI Osmo Action Camera. Is it any good for moto vlogging? We find out from Matt. The story comes from onthrottle.co.nz. Earlier this year, Matt upgraded his action camera from an old-school GoPro to the DJI Osmo Action after years of faithful use by the Hero 3. The DJI is an affordable alternative to the market-leading GoPro with plenty of must-have features for moto vlogging or general action sports use. But just how good is it? Well, here's what he thinks after nearly nine months using the DJI. It was a small incident at the top of Jolly's Pass that saw his six-year-old GoPro Hero 3 finally meeting its demise. With the microphone port on the GoPro ripped out of position and non-functional, he had to find a new action camera to record his rides with. With new GoPro options being prohibitively expensive, he chose to replace it with a DJI Osmo Action instead. But was it a good choice to go for the cheaper option? DJI have been around for a couple of years at this point and most closely resemble the GoPro Hero 7 Black in terms of specification. Yet at $400, the cheapest price advertised at this point, it's nearly half the price of the GoPro, which has been superseded twice now. In terms of a jump in technology from the old Hero 3, it is night and day in terms of image quality, colour, image stabilisation. The Osmo Action can record at 4K, high definition, and up to 60 frames per second, and features DJI's rock-steady stabilisation, which makes for a much smoother viewing experience, especially if you have it mounted to your helmet. Colours are more vivid, and with an easily removable side port, you can easily charge it on the go while you're riding. It's much easier, it's a much easier camera to use as well, thanks to its twin screens with very easy to understand settings. As a moto vlogging camera, when it comes to moto vlogging with the DJI, there are some definite plus points in its corner, with one negative, as far as Matt can work out, being compared to the GoPro. Let's start with the positives though. Firstly, the Osmo Action can use all of the previous GoPro accessories, meaning you don't need specialised mounts in addition to anything you might have previously bought. Out of the box, it's waterproof to 11 metres, so you know it's not going to die if you happen to ride through a thunderstorm. However, it's important to note that this isn't the case if you have the microphone adapter in place. The microphone adapter is a great bit of kit and a must-buy if you're going to be moto-vlogging. Not only will it allow you to mount a lapel-style microphone within your helmet for great audio, but it can also charge your Osmo Action at the same time, through the USB port at the base. This was something Matt's old GoPro couldn't do, and was a source of frustration. The camera itself can shoot up to 4K quality with rock-steady image stabilisation, ensuring that any bumps in the road don't ruin things for the viewers. When it comes to negatives, there aren't really that many. The main negative in the Osmo Action's corner is the field of view. It's narrower than the GoPro equivalent, with the other being that the frame gets rather hot when operating for prolonged periods of time, especially around the lens. Personally, coming from the old GoPro Hero 3, the limited field of view isn't a big deal and is quite comparable to the 1080p settings on the Hero 3. 
As you can probably tell, Matt's pretty happy with his purchase of the DJI overall. Yes, it's got its minor quibbles, but it's easy to use, takes any of the usual action camera accessories you can get your hands on, and does everything you need for chucking a motor vlog together. Just make sure your editing computer has the grunt to process 4K video if you plan on shooting at max resolution. Thank you very much, Matt, for your thoughts on the DJI Osmo camera. Cheaper than a GoPro and doesn't sound too shabby. For more photos and a little bit more information, head to onthrottle.co.nz. Well, that about does it for this episode. Not a hell of a lot more to talk to you about. Thank you very much for listening, not just to this episode, but the previous uh, 51 odd episodes thereabouts. Great to have you along throughout 2021. My plans for the rest of the year are I've got an oil filter sitting on my desk. I've got some oil on the shelf. I need to do an oil change on the Tenere 700. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to take take apart the linkage at the back, give it another grease, and I'm going to clean all the nooks and crannies under the bash plate that I can't get to with the water blaster. Um, of course, there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of sling off from the uh, the Scott oiler as well, so that all needs to be cleaned up. That's what I'm doing. Love to hear what you're up to as well. Get hold of us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, you can always go to motonz.com or onthrottle.co.nz is Matt's website as well. Uh, if you're up to any uh, massive adventures over the summer period, please do let us know. Next week, we've got one more episode left for the year. It is our live episode. It's Matt and I recorded live. Uh, we even filmed it. It's on. Uh, it's, it's going out on the standard podcasting platforms that you're listening to us on now, but it's also going out on um, on YouTube, so you can you can see us in person. Uh, but that was that was a bit of a laugh. We'll let you, we'll recount some of the good times and some of the bad times of the previous twelve months. Otherwise, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours. Thank you very much for listening. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray Heron. Uh, email me podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Otherwise, keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Stay safe out there, won't you? Just before I let you go, though, got to let you know one more thing about Ride Forever. Yep, you've heard me say it before. Have you done it yet? Have you signed up for that Ride Forever course for just 20 bucks? No? Go to rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas, get the voucher from Grab One through that page, uh, and that'll get you any of the Ride Forever courses for 20 bucks. So those people that moan, ah, it's so expensive, ah, I can't do that. It's not now, is it? 20 bucks. 20 bucks plus some gas in your bike, go out and have a bloody good day out on two wheels with some like-minded individuals checking out some new roads and talking about some new ways to do things. Or reaffirming that you are the best rider in the world and that you're doing everything right. Go on, prove me wrong. Go to uh, rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas. Thank you very much Ride Forever for sponsoring this podcast and keeping us free and on the air.